assist and uh, they're about to drill in and the assistants I got like too chummy chummy and jokey with them because like right, right when they started the assistants like all right let's light this shit up I'm like oh don't that's it's too 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 well, comfortable they huh they were really excited for the dentistry they were really excited for the dentistry <laughs> Yeah, wow, they thought I was a... I've, I've, I've never, never been, been in a dentist's office that enthusiastic. enthusiastic. I've never been, like, shot full of Novocaine with my mouth wide open, catching flies, and have a dental assistant go, <laughs> Fuck yeah, let's do this! <laughs> yeah. So I want to I wanna go to your dentist. I want to go to your dentist. <laughs> yeah, you can imagine my surprise. He was like this uh, 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 kind of, um, oh, what is it, Filipino kind of brown guy muscular and he, he was bald but by choice so that adds t- to the equation like he was like he, he had the hair he just wanted to look more like fucking aerodynamic yeah yeah bald by choice when you have the intact hairline and you're shaving your head it's like that's definitely something's going on with your life that you had just haven't like given up because yeah. like after your hair stops growing to like like back here is when i think you should just Say okay, I'm bald now, and you should shave it off. That's really far, I man. Think so back here, <laughs> you're like I'm just hanging think, on to yeah. the I see a lot. Of, I see a out. lot of guys. <laughs> st- I see a lot of guys still doing the whole like monk, like yep. uh, ninth century Christian monk thing going on here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I, I assume that that's appropriate. I assume that that's still cool that we it, can be bald all the way back here. That's yeah. Nice. Yeah, no, it should be fun. I check. Um, let's let's do this. Oh, yeah, yeah. Say words. Yeah, we should we should get into it. Uh, I want to tell you a bit about the week, but uh, I'll I could do. We're welcome to Rooting the Joke podcast. Uh, my name is Kyle uh, Caniff, and uh, we're with Kevin uh, Light. Our middle names are Ah, uh, <laughs> both of them. Uh, my, uh, your middle name is what? Ah. Uh, uh, I said uh, Kyle, uh, Kenneth. I mean, I don't. Kevin, uh, I don't have a middle name. Uh, if that's that's not interesting at all, actually. That's incredibly <laughs> but I don't have a middle name. How what, how do you what do you talk about at parties? My parents just left that space blank. What do I talk about at parties? Uh, the fact that I don't have a middle name. That's it's just as boring. Wow, I don't think anyone. Sometimes, sometimes. Uh, we, we guess how old the other person is, and you're like, how old am I? And you're like, 26. And then you spend like three hours doing that at parties. The middle name, though, you, you'd be like, hey, guess what my middle name is? And in your back pocket, you're like, it's nothing. <laughs> right? yeah, yeah, people hate that. I pretty much have to tell them right away. If, we're, if we ever talk about it, I have to be like, don't. I don't have a middle name. Don't say anything. <laughs> it's like some great shame. The sad thing is, like, it's it's... No one will ever buy you a beer for this, you know? It's not like a tragedy or anything. They're just like, okay. Like, no one's... Yeah, this is... It, and it's not, like, embarrassing or anything. It's just uh, painfully boring. So I have <laughs> to try and avoid talking about it. It's, it's nothing. It's right. nothing. Well, this is the place because this is called Ruining the Joke Podcast. <laughs> and we talk about comedy. We sometimes ruin the joke. Sometimes get deep. Sometimes uh, explore the craft and just talk about whatever. And I'm one of your hosts, and Kevin's the other host. And who do we have on today? <clears throat> Just before, let's clear this. We have, we we have a we have a very special guest uh, on. He's a relatively new addition to the Edmonton uh, comedy scene. Uh, yeah. But that was a while ago. He's he's yeah. been here for 
over over a year or two now, and he's been doing comedy for a length of time. I think he's up in like the six or seven year mark because he he started uh, somewhere in the America in the United States. The America. Uh, yeah. I don't I don't want to say I don't want to say the wrong state because there's like fifty of them. Yeah, but I, I think, think it was like uh, it's either Michigan or uh, Illinois. Michigan not sounds sure right. Which one it is? Michigan sounds right. And we're gonna pick his brain about a whole bunch of stuff. You know, we had no broad topics uh, to choose from, and we're gonna get into that. But I gotta tell you some stuff. It's like I'm having a rough go. Yeah. I'm having a rough go, and it's not just the COVID or the lockdowns. It's static electricity. Is what I'm struggling. I'm legally in a basement apartment, and it's incredibly dry. And so, like, I don't. I, do you struggle with static electricity? Is this like a big recurring problem in your life? I have a really uh, moist uh, basement, uh, which is not. <laughs> I thought you were about to good. say body. <laughs> I thought you were. About to, I was hundred percent sure you were about to say body. I was like, okay. Uh, nice. Yeah, no, I have yeah, a moist no, basement. Uh, <laughs> Having a voice base. Go ahead. Yeah, that was the end. Yeah. No, I did, I guess I have this dry chapped body because like it gets to the point where like I'm about I'm about to, I need to take my shirt off and I'm like I can feel the charge just ready to like and love like this isn't a good idea and like so I just keep it on so for you, like for a yeah, while. You can't you can't disrobe for fear of discharging. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a separate problem I have too. But this one's related to static electricity. And <laughs> I gotta tell you, it's uh, it's it's the worst when it's in my bed because like it's I buy I bought like a, a thing from Walmart. It's incredibly dry. Every it's like designed to static like charge, and and I have these cheap headphones. And so like the charge, if I fall asleep, the charge will like go up through the cord and like zap me in my ear, and I wake up. But also, I'm afraid of uh, silence, so I can't not sleep with my headphones in. So I'm in quite the conundrum. Have you ever experienced? Uh, oh, you sleep. You sleep I, with headphones in? I've been trying to shift out the earplugs, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I need like the pressure and just like not to think. And uh, I don't know. Does that say uh, something bad about me? Am I like a are the headphones people like just like scarred or like uh, deformed? Are we weird? <laughs> No, no, I think Diagnose uh, I, I, help me. I, uh, I, I had similar stuff when I was a kid. I was always listening to music. I was always falling asleep to music. Uh, like when I try and fall asleep, unless I've had like a really productive day and I've been like really physical, like sleep. Um, like sometimes my mind will just get on the hamster wheel and just keep going. And I'm just sitting there like hoping I'm going to pass out. Which, luckily enough for me, it usually happens. But as a kid, it bothered me. So I would use like music and stuff to distract my neurotic uh, sensibilities. Well, that's that makes sense. That would be great. But like, I'm not listening to music. I, I, I have like a it's a recording of my own voice, and I'm just like, wake up, wake up, wake up, and like I don't know what to do. How do you fix that? First How do you fix that? <laughs> you sound just like my doctor. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> listen. Uh, anything else happening to you this week, or should we get this uh, podcast? I'm stoked to talk to this guy. I, I've talked. I've yeah, hang, well, yeah. hung out with him, and he's a he's a cool guy. He's got like a he's got a big bod. He's uh, he can throw a football. Let me tell you. I don't know. He, why I leaned that got in. A, he's got a pretty funny. <laughs> he's got a pretty funny Instagram too. 
He's, is that I, right? I follow him on Instagram, and he's, he's legitimately entertaining with his right. uh, Chet Newsman character. Yes. Uh, so yeah, let's just let's just get this guy on the pod. Let's get this guy going, man. Let's get this bo- fucking party started. Let's fucking go. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying. To, I'm I was like, trying... he's gonna do it. He's gonna do a woo. No, he's I'm not trying it. to woo. So I tried something else. So that was a dumb idea. might come through i apologize but i think we'll be good no worse for wear man it's fine and please uh excuse like uh excuse the weird outfit i'm wearing i didn't like dress up for you in like some weird like newsboy outfit i'm just very cold it, in my baby it just looks like a super generic carhartt to me oh thanks thanks it's pretty cool that's, it looks like a no frills carhartt that's exactly where i got it man <laughs> quit scoping out my fashion places man <laughs> It's pretty, pretty. It's just been so cold, man. I don't know about you, but like, man, it's freezing. My apartment, like, the heat's been on and off for me. So, I've been uh, in the kitchen oven, open for the heat type deal. Yeah, I got a landlord, th- landlord like that too. He's always asking, like, is it too cold here? But like, I suspect it's because like he's like trying to like put it down like three degrees. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep it up. Just keep it but, up. Uh, <laughs> we're surviving through the dog days of winter, man. It was funny how it started so mild and got everyone's hopes up, and then it was just, <laughs> yeah, bam, yeah. minus 40 for a week. Yeah. You're like, yeah, maybe uh, we'll just skip winter this year. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, welcome to the podcast. We got uh, Peter Sender on the on the air here. Great to have you. Ooh, we haven't clapped for a while, have we, Kevin? <laughs> what happened with our clapping? That was a, I like that. Thanks for coming we on. We can clap more. We should clap after every uh, good point, every joke. It should be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for having me, man. No worries. You did like you did a pod before you were saying, like in your comedy career, you know? Yeah, I've done a few. Hey, pretty cool. Yeah, I've, uh, I haven't ho- I haven't made one yet. That's the next step. But I've been guest starred. Well, you've been what four years into the your your comedy trajectory. Isn't that like yeah, the time yeah, you're supposed here. to start a pod, like by law? You know? yeah, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I think uh, I was waiting for all the white dudes to uh, start the pods and for all the backlash from there. <laughs> so, like, after that initial backlash, that's when I'm planning on starting my pod. So Yeah, as soon as, uh, yeah, as, soon as Brett Forte starts getting backlash, then you know it's probably safe for white guys. Like, <laughs> once, once you get, like, the brown dude. <laughs> yeah. What would your pod be about, you figure? Because I know you got this Chet character that you've been, that uh, I think everyone's been enjoying. Yeah, man, that's that's good fun. I've just been doing a fake news spoof on Instagram Reels. I don't want to sell out to TikTok quite yet, so I'm just doing it on Instagram. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think my pod that I've had in mind is like, uh, I don't know, I like current events and commenting on that, and I think it's just an easy way to come up with good jokes, so... Um, probably something like that. I'm thinking like a news, like news that should be reported, but isn't quite reported and then commenting on that. So 
I don't know. I still have to see if I can talk straight for an hour, which I'm not super confident I can do. So, but what? do you think? Do you just get tired? Or? I just got a tight twenty thus far, man. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Even for pods, you're like after twenty minutes, I just shut down, man. <laughs> I don't know if my lungs can handle an hour yet, so just do- I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be the guest until uh, I've acclimated myself. Yeah, then I'll just have to do crowd work. It's like that's that's just a podcast, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I, plus I got to work on my attention span because this social media has fucked me up, man. In terms too. of just like being in and out, in and out of content, as opposed to like sitting down and watching something, you know. So, but yeah, yeah it, it'll eventually get there. I mean, I, it's nice to see you uh, making, like, contributing uh, your your stake into the whole uh, medium. I watched a few of Chet's uh, videos. I don't, Kevin. What is what would you summarize as uh, the the thing is? Uh, well, like Chet Newsman is like uh, he just has like very funny ways of like putting together headlines, uh-huh. and, and almost like he's an idiot, but he's not, and uh, he just has a very uh, I, I'm not going to say typical way of speaking, but he's ve- he's got a very sort of like uh, newsman on the scene uh, vibe going. And it's just it's it's fun because, uh, Peter, you have to make the joke in like 30 seconds or, yeah. or like less than a minute. Right. So yeah. um, that's like really hard to do, especially in if you frame that within just stand up comedy. Um, you see a lot of performers want to do the stories, want to do the long tails with the with the punching up in the middle and stuff like that. So you want these intricate woven pieces. And then on the other end, we also emphasize like you got to make them laugh. You got to be funny in like the first 30 seconds. And I think that's what Chet Newsman, or at least like the kind of character at least, is trying to achieve. You get huh. the, the punchy laughs immediately and it's good because it's on a like you said a social media platform where my attention span is all over the place so it's great yeah chet newsman gets a lot of inspiration from muhammad ali the whole rope and dope type deal (laughs) weave in and out that's what i like (laughs) nice that should be on his bio (laughs) but yeah i I just enjoy doing it because i mean i'm not being serious at all but if i can yeah make fake news but in turn, like make fake news, but also make a joke about society as a whole without just blatantly saying the joke. I think that's kind of what I'm trying to get at, right? Oh, come on, man. You don't want to just make dick jokes for the rest of your life? You don't want no, to just... I've never been good at dick jokes. Yeah. Like I had I had one dick joke and then my computer crashed and I lost it. And I just <laughs> it. Oh, not because of the dick joke, but just... <laughs> Okay. No, 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 no. Computer blow up. It was, it was because of the dick pics, but not the. No, I'm just. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, so yeah. Uh, hopefully, once I improve in my comedic career, dick jokes will become more natural for me. I think that's funny that that's kind of, <laughs> thinking that's like your goal. You're like, I gotta get this political shit out of the way so I can <laughs> finally have the craft to harness the dick joke. I hope. I hope yeah. you were. You would. Uh, well, that's. That's something that's so funny to me is that we we all talk about like having these like intelligent and like hard hitting bits, but like, man, do I love a good dick joke? And like, I don't care how juvenile it is. Like, I I can I can watch someone do like a thirty minute joke on like uh, on like farts, 
it's like i don't i don't care if it makes me laugh it makes me laugh i don't know maybe i'm just dumb yeah no you yeah. don't want a mature dick joke that makes you think <laughs> no <laughs> you, don't, you don't want a dick joke that's critical of society yeah you don't, yeah. You don't want a dick joke that makes people want, like want to phone their doctor just be like hey i got the same thing that this guy is talking about you don't want a dick, you don't want a dick joke that makes you reassess where you are in life <laughs> yeah. you don't want a dick joke that uh that yeah it makes you like write like old I lost it. Sorry, I couldn't. <laughs> you, don't, you don't want a dick joke. You don't want a dick joke that makes you cash in your RRSP. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I don't even know what an RRSP is, but well, it's I a think... Canadian thing. We put in money towards the crown, so if ever there is like a second war, we all get bailed out. But we're supposed to buy it for like uh, like military swords yeah. by law. But really, everyone's <laughs> just gonna go on vacation. <laughs> yeah. I'm, lying. Like, <laughs> I'm lying to you. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, I was talking <laughs> uh, to segue. I was talking to this with um, Brad and Alex, and uh, if World War Three ensued, and uh, the Amer well now Biden's in, it seems like well, I mean, with the Keystone Pipeline, I guess it, uh, relations might be frayed a bit. But if you think if World War Three ensued and Canada and America have so much pent up like tension. Do you think Canada would ever be on the opposite side or no? We wouldn't tell them. We'd be like, oh yeah, no, we're we'll watch up here. You guys <laughs> you guys yeah. No, we're cool. We're cool. Well, well, <laughs> why would you even ask? <laughs> what's uh who's World War Three against? Like who are we teaming up? I don't know. I was thinking China's involved, obviously. I'm going to guess that it's America versus China, and then everyone's kind of picking sides from there. I was just wondering if, if Canadians pick up their Huawei phones and spy on the Americans for the China for the Chinese, or is that just I don't too know, man. If it's If it's a numbers game, I don't know. I mean, the, the Chinese definitely have the numbers, so they have the influence. True, and technologically, they'd fuck us up too. So, I don't know, man. Yeah, we're just hopefully stay away from there and be able to. What was that? They're gonna have have super babies in like two years, didn't they? Because like they just said uh, two years ago, they're like, "Hey, we made our first genetically modified uh, humans," and the whole world. Did they say that? Yeah, (laughs) they announced it like two years ago, and the whole world's like, "What? What? Ah?" Yeah, like this, we were this doing might that. be controversial, but I'm pro GMO baby. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Hey, we gotta have like limits and restrictions. Here I go, big government DNA, but like <laughs> no, um, <laughs> we gotta have some restrictions on that stuff. Huh? Oh yeah. Like you don't want someone with nine nine fingers. No. It's too many. They'll always be like showing you. They're like, isn't that neat? Well, <laughs> I don't think that'll be the biggest problem. Actually, did you say nine <laughs> fingers was too many fingers? Way yeah, apparently like, nine is not a good number. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it has to be 12. Like, it has to be even, at least. If you have a yeah. number of things. I mean, my like, yeah. if you lost one, because I work in the trades now, if you lose one on, like, a skill saw, that's understandable. But if you're, like, born with fingers, hopefully they're even. I, yeah. Well, if you yeah. had nine figures, you'd just be reckless. Yeah. These tradesmen, they'd lose like two. Like, oh, that's nothing. And then, like, by the end of the year, they'll like have Honestly, three left. If you were born with nine fingers, I think you just run around in circles. 
Because <laughs> because no, you're just it's, heavy. It's because you're yeah you're just heavier on one side. <laughs> I think that was, you make a never learn. Giant. <laughs> <laughs> you're a giant. Hey, can we talk about football? I'd sorry. I'd hate to yeah, always no, uh, for sure, bring you back to that. To but to your vocate your second vocation. Yeah. But uh, uh, what's it like riffing with the guys in the football league? Because I'm fascinated with riffing. Yeah. I'm fascinated. Is is it is the the macho. Man. masculine still well there yeah there is some of that but they also like the people who are smarter and can kind of like and can kind of like fun of other football players without <laughs> them anything. Oh yeah, like that was good fun man and like the cool thing about football is that you have people from all over like i mean it's mostly just uh, in the league it's mostly america canada but just within those two countries there's people from all different types of backgrounds and different types of humor and stuff like yeah i mean is there a hierarchy it's, who's the funniest i would i would say i, I mean the, the funniest i mean dude like you probably wouldn't know any of them unless you're like a cfl diehard yeah but i'd say in our locker room i'd say i'm up there and then there's this guy named nice. forrest hightower he's like Probably the funniest dude. He like just naturally riff, right? Yeah. Um, and then uh, there's this fullback. My position, James Tuck. He's like big <laughs> influence by yeah. Norm McDonald, so he's kind of got that type of humor. And he's like more more so the conservative end of humor. Yeah. Uh, but man, that guy's funny as hell too. So what is that? I'd like? say we're the top three. Was more conservative of humor, like raunchy and just kind of buzzwordy. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm just like, I, I really don't know. If, regardless of what side of the political spectrum he's on, he's funny as shit. Yeah. So I'll just leave. It's that. nice that anyone anyone who's funny can uh, can uh, all walks of life, man. It's weird. Yeah, and uh, it's like CFL. Um, I mean, it's normal for a person in a regular job to bitch about management or to bitch about their job or and like that shit still is in the cfl right but it's so funny to me because we're playing a sport for a living but people still have something to bitch about right i mean granted like we're not getting compensated like the nfl but at the same time it, everyone always has grievances and it's pretty funny when you get around to people with a common uh background and just riff on that you know yeah they compensate i, I hear they let you take the ball home at the end of the game <laughs> is that right if you made like a big play so say if i score my first touchdown next year i'd keep that ball so yeah you yeah. should you should they That's have a good plan. uh they have plenty of balls to play with so yeah, that's yeah, I don't know if that's nice. Like a it's anyways, like a McDonald's playpen down there. That's that locker. <laughs> that's that lo- <laughs> That's that locker room riffing thing. If I was a if I was a football player, I'd like hit you yeah. or say something funny. Yeah, I, I don't know how to. I haven't riff. been in you a locker room for like a year and a half, man. So I'm kind of. I haven't really been riffing with the boys that much. I have a few guys that I keep up with, but. God, we're all over practice. Yeah, they Peter, do you ever uh, do you ever steal their jokes? Did they ever say anything really funny? And then you're just like, and then you're just like on stage. I like how your eyes went wide there. You're clearly against it. You should be. <laughs> I, I yeah, I probably have nothing. Um, really, uh, is coming up for me right now. But I'm sure that I 
Oh yeah, no. Let me change that. I definitely have in college. Like, <laughs> the, the, but the, not in the like, between college and the pros. It's just in college. You spend a lot more time with the guys. Like, you're doing like morning workouts with the guys, and you, it's also like 18 to 22 year olds. So you're, I mean, it's more of a formative years as opposed to pros, where it's like people start having families, right and like people have obligations and elsewhere, but in college, it's kind of just a group of dudes that are sharing the common goal of being on the team and winning and stuff. So um, I think the riffs be- were much more organic that you are. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like when you're in the pros, like, people have different obligations, right? Yeah, absolutely. And like, I always, I always liked having like a group of friends that had like inside or running jokes because some of those jokes were the best to make, right? Like you can just say like a single phrase and then like the whole group just lights up because they all know the joke and it's like, it's just immediate, yeah. like a spark to the, to the group dynamic. So I love that. I didn't, I didn't want to clarify and I didn't want to make it seem like you, Peter, were actively maliciously stealing people's jokes because that's a big no-no in comedy that's a that's a huge no-no um probably i i would say most comedians would consider it one of the biggest no-nos as far as like uh artistic material and shit like that there are other no-nos for sure yeah i mean that's what we call them I don't know if you guys were at the strip. I'm not going to name names, but we're at the strip when uh, a local comedian got called out for it, and that got pretty ugly. So, yeah, I stay definitely stay away from nabbing other people's jokes. I just think that's yeah. kind of lame. Oh, it's horrendous. Yeah, and it, you, there is such thing as you come up with a joke on your own that's already been said before, but if that's the case, then it's probably a hacky joke, right? Can be. Yeah, it definitely can. And be. here's the thing, like <clears throat> um it's understandable. Yeah. Everyone lifts in their first year. I remember first year I had a couple uh jokes that I modified and I really like I I got rid of them. I, I told my uh uh the D crew, I'm like, yeah. I gotta stop doing this joke because like it's it's very similar. But like after the year, certainly once you start working like shows, you gotta cut off all the crutches you use. But it's it's understandable, I would imagine. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, remember uh, when I first started um, in Grand Rapids, Michigan, I I was uh, this was my first mistake in comedy. My biggest in the bat was Bill Hicks, which that was absolutely my first mistake. So, like, I had a bit where I it was pretty much a bit, but I kind of localized it. Um, but that, I, that that was it's like, everyone, I'm Bill Hicks. And- no, <laughs> I mean, I, I built my joke on top of that so it was yeah nabbing in a way but i mean i haven't told that joke in like three years and fair enough it's like it, i think uh one thing a piece of advice for young comedians if i'm gonna give anything is just focus on being funny don't try to make any outstanding points about society or how or try to be critical of something or try to be uh try to be like to prove a point just focus on the laughs and then once you get better though that will just naturally come right yeah 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 i get that. I, i'd agree with that for sure it's it's much easier to focus in on 
getting the laughter than trying to orchestrate these essays of yeah. of comedic revelry. It's it's not uh, it's not required at the beginning. No, that's like it's year not three. Even necessarily required at like once you're a headliner, right? But I mean, yeah, that's true too. The more the more groundwork you put in, the more muscle memory you have on the mic, the more organic your outstanding points about society. Uh, I don't know, less shitty it'll be. When did you start developing a, a clear stage presence? Maybe not character. Probably when I came up here, man. Like with honestly doing stand up and football, it's been a real battle just in terms of. Um, uh, it's uh, they're just very different, right? And I don't really like. I'm not. My comedy is not just like a football player talking about football stuff, even though I include a lot of football things. But um, I, I'd say I developed my stage presence in Edmonton just because, one, it was way better than the scene that I like started off as. Just a lot more people, a lot more comedians, a lot more work to be had. Mm -hmm. um, and once – actually, I'd say the best stage presence I got was coming back after the first lockdown because I moved to the States um, in the beginning of the lockdown, and then I came back in September, and then I just noticed a huge improvement. I don't know if it was because I didn't give a fuck. Like, I understood that this could be taken away in a second, so I wanted to – so I just felt natural, like kind of the mindset that I had nothing to lose. So You started um, a completely new, new uh, way of behaving on stage? I wouldn't say that. It just improved a lot. Yeah. Just because I don't know, I already had the the knowledge and of doing it and built over the quarantine and. Um, well, you do have a lean in, like the way you talk on stage is not it's not like anything we see like off stage or even on the pods. Like you kind of do this yeah. kind of lean in, and you like really become this guy, and it, it's it's fun to watch. And, yeah, that's uh, what I like about stand up, man. Is that um, it gives you an avenue to either. I don't know. For me, I wouldn't say that's like my true self, but that's just what I'm most comfortable as when speaking in front of a group of people. Um, so yeah, I try to keep, I try to what keep it loosey goosey up there. It's like a superhero mode. That's not the right word, but it's like an alter kind of uh, ego. I get to explore and yeah. exist in, and I love that about um, being on stage. And I haven't been on stage for a while, so I feel like. I kind of lose that. I haven't really grown in that weird. Weren't like, you just? Weren't you just up sphere? at a uh, grindstone? Yeah, yeah, I did. Listen, that's a great production, but uh, it was weird performing and hosting to like three guys like on a piano and like in masks. So there was no laughter, and yeah, it required me to sort of like be on, like on on with like no like a lot of months without practice, and I was able to. Pull it off, I think. We'll see. It drops tonight. Um, but because I actually just fucking... This is what I do now. I have, like, the microphone in my uh, uh, computer. And if I ever have a joke idea, I literally go into performer mode and, like, do it in my camera and play it back. And that works. It Man, works. that's a good it's idea. Weird. It works. It keeps you sharp. So... Yeah. It helps you not lose your stage character, which I think is important. I remember the first time we got out of the lockdown, it was so weird, like, trying to... There was, there was this huge adjustment period for like everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
Yeah. And some people adjusted and some people have and 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 then we got locked down again. So it's like I can't yeah. wait to get back on stage because I don't know where I left off. Yeah. I the, fucking don't know. I guess for me I guess for me, I just once I got on stage, I was like, Oh, this is what it feels like. This is what I've fucking been missing, right? So for me it yeah. just I don't know, it kind of felt natural right off the go. I'm sure that I was rusty a bit, but um man just that feeling being up there i mean uh, that, like, that ability to just fake confidence fake any level of confidence oh. and just be like yeah i am this way for <laughs> sure <laughs> that's the greatest thing about stand-up is that you just have a bunch of insecure men and women that get on stage have a mic and just start um, we get to be loud we get to yeah. be loud for the one time yeah supreme confidence <laughs> we i was um i think the i don't know if you've ever noticed this but i think the dynamic is so funny when some guy gets on stage and like 99.9 percent of the time say like there's a girlfriend and a her boyfriend right and like 99 percent of the time in regular life like her boyfriend is what she'd be attracted to him more so than some nerd on stage but then that dude gets on stage and just starts cracking jokes and then she's like completely swooning or vice versa it's like that split moment of time is like that dude that has confidence issues or isn't like big successful what have you has the upper hand over some dude driving a truck making six figures you know yeah 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 it's, it's a weird <laughs> underdog moment but then they try to talk to you off stage and like, they're like, Hey, and they're like, Oh, <laughs> never mind. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Like you're I carrying could, a I bunch could... of, Oh, never mind. I was going to say a weird <laughs> metaphor. Okay. I cannot imagine acting how I was am off on stage, off stage. I would probably, I would probably make fun of myself. I would not want to be around myself. If I was just, I was like, <laughs> you know? that, would be, that would just be exhausting. But, um, it would be. I do like talking to comedians off stage, though, because you kind of, I mean, you, you're able to differentiate between their stage persona and who they actually are, right? That would be insane now that I think about it. Like, if all the comedians oh. one day, like, just decided to act in their stage persona and hang out. <laughs> that well, would be this is wild. This is a this is a thing. This is like, a, I don't want to call it a phenomenon, but it's uh, it's the on-off switch. Some performers don't have an off switch. So you see them on stage and they're doing their thing and they have their swagger and they have their personality. And then they get off stage and they just continue that like throughout the night. They're always making jokes. They're always coming back to it. They're like doing callbacks in conversations. And uh sometimes i'm gonna say most of the time that that's really really uh best case scenario it's annoying worst case scenario it's like physically aggravating like it's, yeah. it's sometimes it's yeah. it's like acid at the back of your throat when you're just like dude can you shut the fuck up please and then <laughs> when they get home they just drown in the bottle i don't know i don't know what happens like, and then sometimes, and then sometimes I feel like that guy. Sometimes I feel like that guy where I was like, man, I should have shut up at man, least half the time that I was speaking. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But sometimes you just feel in a roll, like on a roll, right? I mean, sometimes yeah. I'm really, really off 
and Kyle has seen this where I just don't like want it to really talk. I just am in my phone or reading or something. And then, but sometimes in conversation is like the switch is kind of on and you just keep rolling with it. And then you're Mr. Cool guy yeah. for however long you are until you're back off again, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I like having, I like having both. I, I want to be, I, I want to be on in some cases and I want to be able to shut it off and shut up and listen in other cases. Yeah. I think I'll, I think I'll be able to do that, especially like, I mean, this is a podcast about comedy. I don't, wouldn't say it's really like, I, I don't know. I've only seen a few of the episodes like you're, it, the title's ruining the joke, right? So it's more so like a podcast about comedy as opposed to like trying to be funny all the time. Um, hey, let's do that, Kevin. That sounds way better than what the fuck we've been saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's Clear actually try to do something. Yeah. Thanks, man. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, I want to make it heavy, uh, heavy into comedy, the comedy crap talk, if you didn't mind. Yeah. Um, so I, I keep going back to this kind of like stage presence and stage uh, uh, character and craft idea. Um, is Chet eventually going to be what we see on stage? Is that a way you're bridging it as an artist? Um, I do like him because naturally I talk really slow, right? And uh, with the power and the ability of the internet and editing tools, you can kind of make it to where you seem like you're a slick talking dude um where in, in reality i talk super slow and sometimes man now is that is that just like the like you're just you take a long while to form the words or is it just like too much like muscle in the mouth I, what yeah. is that <laughs> and my my jowls are just too fucking good <laughs> yeah well no i i think it's more so just thinking like i don't know i i think i think more so than i talk where I think a lot of swift, quick talkers uh, will run into saying shit that they didn't really mean to say, and then, but I don't really have that sort of problem just because. I mean, I, you're taking time to think. Yeah, I talk. I think I talk fast, but I cheat. I've noticed ever since I said the pod, I say like and uh and you know so yeah. much. I hate it. I'm like a like a like a like a fucking fifteen year old like cokehead. Like yeah. like you know blah 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 and. Here's the crazy thing. I do it on stage and I'm so fucking like crazy up here that I think that I'm, it helps the act. I'm like, well, you know, it's good to say like, well, it's not right. I mean, there's still a ton of successful comedians that use crutches all the time. And I mean, just. Nick Thielen's a great, I'm sorry. Okay. But <laughs> yeah. That's a dumb joke. I'm going to edit that up. I didn't even hear it, so... I mentioned a comedian with crutches, and I thought it was very clever. And oh. I just thought, I'm probably going to edit this out. Yeah, like, literally, crutches. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Kevin. You're my rock. <laughs> For those in the audience that don't know Nick, is it Nick? Is it Nick? I don't know. I don't know. I think when he's, like, on first dates, he's, like, on Nick. Nick, he, like, fancies it up. Yeah, Nick. Yeah. A way to turn Nick into two syllables. That's impressive. <laughs> yeah, that is that is nice. But uh, yeah, I'd say to circle around the Chet question, I think I'm gonna turn it into um, a more well produced, like one to two minute videos, uh, so I can kind of expand upon the points and crack some more jokes. Um, 
Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to see Chet Newsman behind the desk. I'd love to see him shuffling yeah. paper. I'd love to see him. Uh, oh, we're we're getting a call. We're getting. I'd love to see that. Uh, just uh, what's that? What's that thing? They do stuff behind desks all the time on those shows. Yeah, I think a suit and tie would fit Chet pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. You can you can take a lot uh, there, and you're getting success there too. Last I saw, when you started, it was pretty high uh, interaction and numbers. Is that is that has that kept pace? Is it growing? Do people oh, are engaging? Usually, like most videos get like uh, like a thousand and like fifteen hundred wow. views, which is wow, which is like I mean it's real, so it's not really that many, but um, <laughs> it's. <laughs> what do you mean it's real? What do you mean it's real? It, that's the medium it's called. It's called Reels. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, the one that really uh, that took off the most. Uh, one of my buddies who plays for the Ravens in the NFL, he reposted it, and that's how it got a ton of views. Because oh yeah, yeah, yeah. A ton of Instagram clout, right? But what do you think is missing from the political takes that you see? Like, if you could do it better. You mentioned stories that weren't covered. I think historically, um, like with the genre of political satire, I think it's the lack of the other side. Um, because, I mean, like, John Stewart is, in my opinion, is the OG and the best. Um, but once John Stewart started, you had a ton of. Um, I, it was it was just jokes pr- after John Stewart like the or poking fun at both sides of the aisle, but after him, yeah. it kind of went away from that. Right? They're not even trying like, to make space uh, for them to humanize the other side. Like usually, they do. Like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, which Andrew Andrew Schultz, I He's, think he does it the best. Man, he is fucking phenomenal, and like. I'm sure a lot of people find him as a, him offensive, but at the same time, he's really just cracking jokes at both sides. And that's kind of what eventually I want to get into. Like, obviously, I have my personal biases, so some jokes might offend other people more so than the other people or make other side laugh more than the other side. But uh, I'm really trying to, I don't know, I think there's so much fun to be made on both sides of the aisle that I'm really trying to that's the end goal is to it's really hard to like stay uh completely centrist i think you 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 won't be able to escape the bias uh tinge because it's like two different ways of looking at the world like it really is it's it's kind of like this it's not even event horizon but it's you can't really exist in the middle because like you got to think one way and then i'm doing a poor job explaining it but to be truly uh, um, what is it? Cross-partisan? Uh, you kind of have to fracture your psyche, I think. Yeah, I think a red pill, blue pill view of society. Purple pill. That's yeah. the way. Purple <laughs> pill. I'm trying to. I'm trying to make people take the purple pill. So. Yeah. The best. The best thing I heard about the red pill. The advice was like. Uh, that's where you get all these like. Uh, uh, Nazi, Jewish, uh, um, you know, the cringy uh, uh, conservative community. The, the greatest uh, thing I heard is like, in terms of the red pill, you're supposed to take one pill. You don't take the whole bottle, you know? Does that make yeah. sense? Like these guys took 
everything they threw away everything from the left that's not right either you gotta take like a purple pill purple pill. and on the other side like a lot of uh for like the pp blue pill political satirists that they're just recycling jokes man yeah same fucking joke was told by john stewart in 2007 like get a new fucking bit right but yeah it's an easy formula too i mean i i get i get so many um jokes that i haven't written down that are just kind of you know uh, easy easy lobs against the 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 right side i mean i don't want to write them down i just feel kind of it's not what a it's not what i'm interested in and b i just it's my equivalent of a dick joke at this point yeah for sure kyle yes can i can i ask you something kyle um when when a joke like that comes to mind uh, or for whatever type of joke it is you're not 100 percent fully behind the joke but it's it's come to your brain you're saying you don't write them down no no okay i was i was gonna ask um for me i i write everything even if i don't believe in the joke even if i hate the joke even if i because i feel like it's blocking the way of something else so if i have an idea (laughs) i just get it out i just get it out and then i have uh pages and pages and pages of jokes that i will never tell because i'm not uh happy with the jokes and i don't i don't want to tell them but i had to i had to exercise the thought somehow because uh otherwise i'm just gonna stick with the stupid juvenile idea that i want to express somehow um and that's just gonna somehow like work its way on stage if i have an opportunity to tell like a really shitty easy joke i have fallen victim to it i definitely have I just yeah. make the joke and uh, hopefully everyone laughs and sometimes they do. And I almost feel like dirty afterwards, <laughs> like I used them. I think I mean the audience, like I used the audience. Yeah, I think that's important, to, like what you do, because <clears throat> for me, I've been working on this bit for like, a year and a half and i've said it once and it just like i I just know that it needs to be worked out and like i to express it properly but i think it's important like you said to write everything down because when you get in crowd work when you're riffing right those easy jokes that probably have been said before land way better than say like like if you have a like a intricate well thought out bit that's that's your written material but when you're riffing and stuff and you can take an easy joke that's been said before in a thousand different ways but you have your own unique way then that you can hit it with that because i mean crowd work is all just about momentum and given what the crowd or taking what the crowd gives you right so um i think it's important to keep those back in the- yeah they're they're looking for different uh they're looking for different attributes uh in those moments they're looking for like uh cleverness and wit they want, they want you, you to be snappy, snappy. uh you could be, be funny, funny but like in those moments where you need to be like quick like a viper like in out ha 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 ha, ha that's, that's what they want exactly. yeah yeah like a like yeah, a kung right. fu master just <laughs> That's yeah, kind I love of your act-outs. I wish you'd do more act-outs, Kevin. <laughs> They're really great. They are. Um, yeah, I should write stuff down. And maybe it'd make me better. 
I'd be better at writing out uh, takes. I might be able to I'm deny myself uh, the ability to get better at writing that way. My trouble is like when I hear the jokes come, it's like it's not in my voice. It's like a different kind of stock, like liberal peanut gallery kind of voice. Like it's weird. When I write a joke, it's like here. But like when I hear these like takes that I don't write down, it's like, oh. it's like yeah, 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 yeah. I, I guess I also got the right side too. They did like, ah, oh, well, uh, and it's like some like homophobic, <laughs> like some weird, like, you know, no, not homophobic, but it's like, uh, what is it? Crude. It's a crude take. So I don't know. Hey, uh, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta ask, uh, switch the subject here. Um, <laughs> okay. When we open up, um, what do you think the responsibility is going to be on the comedians? Especially the ones that are, uh, 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 sort of, I guess, working at the comic strip now. What are we supposed to do? Because I think we're going to have to, like, pump some life into the, the scene. We're going to make sure people get stage time. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make sure all the new comics that we got during COVID get priority stage time. Because they're the best that we have. They're the new crop. We got to, you know, we got to make sure they develop from where they, they, they stopped. What, what are you going to do? I'm trying to goad you into making a show because I think it'd be uh, successful. Yeah, oh, I'm definitely down to produce a show, but I don't think that's really a responsibility of anyone. Like, it's it's your responsibility as a comic who's been doing it for a while not to be like an absolute dick and to talk with right. comedians and to give them advice when it organically comes. But I don't think it's. I don't think it's your responsibility. Newbies are getting up there and telling jokes, right? I mean, it, you can. That's my that's my crusade. You can you can tell if a, a newcomer is intrinsically motivated and wants to get better um, by how much he's there, by how much they're taking it in and staying after shows and just I don't know, just um, absorbing everything that there is to be absorbed. Like for me, I've learned a lot of valuable comedic lessons from just getting drunk with Sterling after one of his shows and him <laughs> and Sterling just, just like talking about his experience and cracking jokes. And I don't know. I think the more so the responsibility is on the newcomer to learn about comedy as opposed to an established comedian to teach them. Right. I don't know. If yeah. Yeah. I'd say there's a. That's kind I'd of. Say, I'd say there's a lot of truth in that. Yeah. I'd, I'd say there's actually a lot of truth to both sides, because um, one thing I found when I was when I was running a show, and I have to emphasize this, I had literally no idea what I was doing when I was running that show, and yet somehow I, it became one of the most like successful independent shows in Edmonton, and now I say that statement. Those are someone else's words. I didn't. I didn't come it's up true. with that bullshit. Someone else said that to me, and uh, but the reason why it was so successful is that the community supported it. So uh, we had an audience, and we had comedians that were excited to do the show, and I think part of that is that I did try and encourage. I encouraged everyone to come to the show. It was like. I think it was my main talking point. It is it is my intro whenever anyone puts me on a show. It's uh, this guy runs a show down on White Ave and then they say the name of the show. So I think encouraging new comics uh, to come out and just be part of the scene, that can be really helpful to 
getting a foothold in the same scene. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Okay, that's great. I feel like there was a uh, lot of lag good. on that one. <laughs> There's a little bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah, hey, uh, <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, so I gotta, I guess I gotta say, ask you, uh, Pete, so what are you gonna do different now once everything opens up for you, so personally, I guess, as a performer? What are you gonna um, do? Your uh, responsibility to the audience, if you will. Um, I think it's, uh, well, I don't know. Do you know when we're supposed to start back up? I think they said two weeks. Two weeks? All right. <laughs> no, well, I'm, gonna... <laughs> uh, I'm hearing rumblings that, uh, I don't know, February, maybe. Yeah. Well, if it's, um, my buddy, my buddy's having a wedding back in the States in April. So I actually have to leave again. Um, so I'll probably get a few weeks in of doing stand-up until I have to bounce. Um, and then I'll be back when the season starts. Uh, but for me, I guess my real... I, I have, like I said, I think I have a pretty tight 20 and I can, like, I've gotten a few middle works because of that. Um, yeah. I think it's just, uh, I mean, get back to what comedy is all about man and trying new stuff and getting outside of my comfort zone and um just doing sets where i don't even bring up that i'm a football player right and see and i've done that before but see if i can get laughs without that um even though like it is a really big part of my identity um because i've played it my whole life and that's kind of what makes me unique in the comedy scene um just getting outside my comfort zone and even though some laughs might not be there where they usually were is just improving as a as a performer i guess this is the perfect time to try any kind of big new movement i think because it's weird to tr change up your act like in the midst of comedy yeah. like all of a sudden like you're doing something different on stage you know yeah i, I don't that. think i'll do anything really different like i think i still i want to see chet i want to see chet <laughs> i want to see a chet set. <laughs> that would be amazing i might bring up a chet set man the thing with a chet set i think uh like for me i don't like i see a lot of comics that have a really strict set list um and that's at the beginning that was me, but then I found out that I'm way better at jokes that just the crowd is responding to and the stuff that I'm working on as opposed to have sticking to a strict set list. Um, yeah. If I was to get Chet, I think I would have to be a little different just because he's more of a swift talker than Peter Sender is. So uh, if, if that's the case, I might, I might bring some Chet into it. Uh, Fuck! I can't wait. Wouldn't it be odd? Wouldn't it be weird? Like if you start doing Chet, and as soon as you start doing Chet, Kevin started like doing Peter Sender. Like, I, <laughs> I got this. <laughs> I see an opening. <laughs> yeah. He crushes. There's okay, a start, start holding the microphone sideways, like you do. Just... <laughs> like like cool. Hit it with one of these, baby. Yeah. It's like <laughs> I play football too. Okay, I gotta call it. This is Chet right here, baby. Right here. But no. All of you, baby. Okay, cool. I got caught. We're going to go for break, and then uh, let's uh, get you up for the wrap-up. This has been a fun pod, and uh, we'll be right back.
freely. You can speak freely right now, actually. If you want to say something to Kyle that he can later hear, and he's editing, but he can't hear it right now, do it now. Um, <laughs> the Eskimo name. Is, the Eskimo name isn't offensive. I'm on your side. I'm on your side. <laughs> Oh man! Oh, I guess yeah, I, Kyle. Yeah, I I think for the wrap up, I should bring up that because on es- and uh, Edmonton football. Well, we're going now. And Edmonton football Twitter, there's been a huge, oh, just so many Western Canadians are pissed about the name change and all the alternatives that they're getting them to vote on are just hilariously bad. Just I, thought, yeah. I thought you guys were done. I thought they picked a new name. I thought it was, no. uh, what was it? Empire. I thought it was the Edmonton Empire or something. No, they dropped that. I think it's because. It's kind of colonial. Think, that yeah, that's kind what of I'm saying. It's like colonial. you change the name from an oppressed people that the name might have been derogatory <laughs> to like the people that were in charge of doing the oppressing. I don't yeah, think yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. Where, where, I don't think that's really where you want to go with the name change, but yeah. the alternatives are fucking terrible, man. Yeah. Like, there's the best one. The, oh, the best one is the elk. That's literally the best the elk. Ever. Like, there's no, no, the, it's like the Edmonton Elements, the element, the Edmonton Elk Hounds, the Edmonton Evergold, the Edmonton. Is it Ever- all? Is it all uh, alliteration? Is it all ease? <laughs> Yeah, because yeah, they, they want to keep, uh, keep the logo. <laughs> They're really fighting for the logo. <laughs> you know what? The name's the race, but we're keeping the goddamn logo. Yeah, it's a mess. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> no, I don't get the whole argument though. Like the uh, the why people are upset about it, and because it, it speaks to like this idea that we're all this homogenous group, the natives. Like it. Like I have this joke idea that like. The next step will be, you know how when you go on like to a store, it's like, this is like a Treaty 7 territory, we recognize the lands, whatever. And like, uh, that's like established. I think it'd be funny if like, one day you're going to like shop and like there's some Blackfoot guy there. And then like, he's standing by like the, the sign. And they're like, he's like, they're like, what's up? He's like, oh, I'm just letting people know that it's actually Treaty uh, 11 territory. Yeah, yeah. Big change. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. If you think it's Treaty 7, you got the bad history. Like the... That'll be the next thing, man. I've told you. Yeah, the, I like the Edmonton Elks. I, I've come around that, to it. That's the best. That's the best one. That's in my opinion. That's the only one. Like, there's the Eagles are is just so generic and fucking wonderbread type shit. Like, supposed <laughs> to have pride in the Eagles. Like, everyone's the Eagles. That's an American thing too. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Why yeah. don't so, just be the loons, man? <laughs> Yeah. Can we can we be the um, can we be the Rough Riders? We need another Rough Riders. Yeah, we had Rough Riders. Was that like a junior team or something? Or but we used to have two. We used to have uh, the funniest one that I've seen is uh, the Edmonton Exmos, as in like <laughs> X hyphen M O S. Wow, Exmos. I think that's I I, I think that's. But then it'd have to be three E's, and that would fuck up the logo too. Yeah, I don't know. I like. <laughs> I was I was actually just talking about this on the other podcast, um, and I guess I'll I'll say the point again. I think it'd be cool if the outrage and the name change came from indigenous people themselves, as opposed to Bel Air Bel Air Direct pulling their funding. 
Uh, <laughs> but that's just that's just that's just me. I don't want to get too controversial because I still am under contract. But it, it makes sense. Smart. It makes sense to me that if you're changing a racist name, that the people that it is racist against have a problem with it, as opposed to a multi-billion-dollar corporation just trying to save face. That's my personal opinion but I mean, yeah would you ever take on this kind of like a, a, a woke phenomenon in the, the satire like how do you take on it's like religious thinking almost it's like doctrines doctrines they follow these doctrines yeah yeah i don't i don't know <laughs> yeah I I, you're I'm not like, alone in that feeling there i, yeah. I think i'm i think i'm like woke but offensive a joke that's offensive sure. and then the punchline will be surprisingly woke and it's like oh what's this dude actually believe in and it's like yeah. nothing i'm just making jokes keep them guessing keep them yeah. guessing yeah i forget there's a good yeah. comic that uh yeah, that's, that's kind of like uh i don't know i think that's a good angle for me um and that's kind of what I've been experimenting into. Yeah. With the Chet phenomenon. Oh, I hope Chet uh, continues to take off. Hopefully the algorithm rewards Chet for future hard work. I've only put out like six little videos now, but I'm, I think uh, I think like one to two to maybe like three minute videos that are well edited and have pop ups and stuff. Um, I think that's where the next that's. That's the next generation of Chet. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I would agree with that. I think you've got some there. It's very funny. It's very quick. Uh, yeah. Keep uh, pouring uh, kerosene on that uh, on that fire. But Yeah. And I mean, at, at the same time, I guess it just came about because I wasn't able to do stand up because I don't know. I think I think it's I think it's cool and kind of dying that um you can just be a stand-up comedian that's like as opposed to drift into pod podcasts or do like videos and stuff but i mean to have to transition into that unless you're just like a stand-up god right right yeah there's a lot of big marketing um, um that has to go into it getting noticed and all that if you want the the sort of a uh, you know global uh fame and global I think it's kind of fun just to be doing the stand-up for now. Like, if I can be, find work consistently, like in different cities, oh, I'm so, a happy camper, man. I'm fun. Like, yeah, no, that's my ultimate goal. I just want to be a stand-up comedian. Like, I, yeah, I, it yeah. helps to have a larger audience just because yeah. like, you have more people, more things to um, to uh, not, uh, bounce ideas off of. I want to ask you a question that uh, you might be able to answer. I asked a couple people this now, and I'm I'm gonna. It's gonna take half a minute to say because i'm not good at answering asking questions i realize this in the podcast my whole life i'm like i'm really good at asking questions and then <laughs> i watch them and they're just so I'll, I'll begin and try and wrap it up quick um it seems like comedians for the most part a lot of them the craft types when they're very serious and pro level they try to find that line for audiences to uh shift themselves they're trying to move the line for the audience to laugh at things they didn't expect to laugh at right and now that we have that we've outlined what the heck comedians are doing most of them what the hell are why why the hell are we doing that what would we be exactly what's our function if you're to think of comedians in the role of like a, a village in the global scale like there's certain personality types that are 
you know, like the healers, there's like leaders, there's old wise men, there's uh, builders. What the hell are we doing? Why do we have this? I don't know. I think shift the line in people's I, heads? I think what <laughs> to answer your question. What um, are we? I think a comedian's job in the village is to make the village aware of the sad reality that it is in and the sad state it is in, but at the same time, be able to make you laugh about it and to not take it too seriously. I think, I think that's kind of mm-hmm. the job of a stand-up comedian is and not so much like it, there's all, there's obviously like the real surface level stuff that won't even touch that. That's more so like uh like physical humor or just making fun of surface level topics. But I think the real good stand-up comedians like like the Chappelle's, like the Hicks, like the Carlins were just so good at uh like uh making people aware of the situation that they're in and sometimes it might be shitty, but at the same time make you laugh about it and try to think differently about it. Do you think we're cultural lobbyists? Because if I take this village analogy to like the medieval peasant towns, there would be one guy who would be going like around the community of bars, pubs and being like, hey, you know that new well we have? We don't need that fucking new well, you know? And like, what, are we going to drown from dehydration and make them laugh? And he like talked to the whole town. And then when it came time to decision, the guys made the rounds and he's like, you know, they're not going to build the well. Maybe we're like the next iteration where we're just like saying it to everyone. Like we're cultural lobbyists. We're I don't know. What the fuck are we doing? Yeah, I don't know. I think uh, I think the the biggest job is just to make people laugh, and then everything yeah. else is just a byproduct of that. To be honest, that's the thing. You 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 think about it too much, you bump up to that truth where it's like you're making it not funny. Like it makes people laugh. Yeah, know. and for me, I've actually. Uh, Brad put me onto this book. It's called uh, Running the Light by Sam Talent. It's a really good. Yeah, it's a fucking must read, man. It's pretty much the moral. I'm only a few chapters in, but um, it kind of seems like uh, you should do stand up for as long as you enjoy it, as, as long as you find meaning in it and you're able to experience new places, new things, new ideas. And then once you have that cynical frame of mind where it's like oh none of this fucking matters that's when you should probably stop huh. so and then uh write a book yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's very insightful all and, right all right <laughs> and then start an npr co- podcast or something i don't yeah, know yeah start a podcast write a book <laughs> yeah. 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 all right blog. enjoy time with your family <laughs> So, Thanks for joining us on the pod, Peter. I gotta. I, we should call it here. I think that was a nice, heavy. So, Kevin, did you have anything? Any final words or something before we get them plugging away here? Uh, I, I think I just. I'll. Uh, yeah, I think this was a really great episode. I'll, I'll comment on your, your special, special question, question there. What, what? Oh yeah, yeah. Are yeah. comedians yeah. doing? Um, I think <laughs> you in know some what part... really would be if like I've never, I never ask. I go like 20 episodes. No, you can't answer. You can't answer. No, I would love to hear your answer. I'd love to hear your take. I don't know if it's an answer, but it's it's just definitely more thoughts. Um, for me, stand-up comedy can encompass uh, like commentary, 
like like you were saying like social commentary but it's it's really up to the audience to decide whether or not what we're saying has any value so like it's it's not uh, it's not like we're petitioning them to not build the well we can make fun of the well and stuff but like i actually would think that most comedians would want the well built is is typically how i see it so um if you see someone making jokes and talking about a certain thing, regardless of what side they fall on, they kind of care about that subject matter because there's no uh, guidelines or rules when you're up on stage. You can talk about whatever the fuck you want. And if you're not talking about something that you want to talk about, you're not you're not capitalizing on the opportunity you have. And that's that's um that would be extremely unfortunate, I think, for any performer in any sense to not do the thing that you want to do. Because then why the fuck else are you doing it? So uh, commentary, uh, storytelling, and then back to what Peter said is like, you got to make them laugh. It's about being entertaining. And it's about being funny. Fuck. Hey, you, could, you could literally answer that question probably with any amount of words. It's such a, it's such a, yeah, I don't think it's that a perspective. There's no yeah, wrong answer. Yeah, I was about to say, I don't think that question will ever have a concrete answer to it. As a, I mean, the, if there is one, it would just be the job of comedian is to make people laugh. I, I think that's the most simple that you can answer it. But, um, I mean, yeah. uh, that's just a whole multi, that's a whole universe of, uh, of shit. I don't know. I think I get. <laughs> I think I can get an answer by episode 30. That's what I'm trying to do. That's what you're aiming for? <laughs> yeah. yeah Kevin, or, uh, Pete, where can we find you? Where, where, uh, where can we follow the ever-growing star of Peter Sender? Uh, on Instagram, my handle is Pete Sender. Um, on Twitter, uh, same thing. Facebook. I don't fuck with Facebook, but Facebook. Is, <laughs> yeah, that's that's it. Nice. Okay. <laughs> Thanks so much. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us, Pete. This is a really good episode. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you again uh, uh, soon, hopefully. Hopefully, when everything starts opening up again. Oh, yeah, man. How do you want to end this pod? Oh. So we end. Oh, jeez. Oh, no. So we end the pod in a weird way every time. Uh, I'll do a football themed one. Um, let's just fade out us doing like the kind of, you know, when you play football, you know, like uh, the line. Why, why am I describing football to a guy? That I'm like, you know the, like, you know when the they're like blue forty two or whatever. Let's just do that and then we'll fade it up. Get ready. What 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 comes before that? Does a ref go like snap? <laughs> There's the ref play the all right. So the the, <laughs> the previous play is ended with a whistle. Then the ref takes a ball, spots it to where the guy got tackled, and then he fucking gives one of these saying the clock to start and then the quarterback gets up to cause the play in the huddle or throughout the sideline with hand signals and then uh just gives the cadence that's what the blue 42 you were saying it's called a cadence okay let's do our best to cadence uh little thing in the wall and okay three two one red 49 bleep four four Shut up, you guys gotta do it with Oh, the thing about football, there's only one person that does that. 
You know what Peter? Everyone, it's not, everyone, 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 it's not the whole crowd. <laughs> they don't have an open dialogue when they're trying to. <laughs> <calm. Okay>. cool. <laughs> All right. See you, Pete. Have a good. Have a good. Uh,